Welcome to Boston Confidential, Beantown's true crime podcast. Boston is a great city, but there's more to it than the Freedom Trail and Fenway Park. There's a startling underbelly to the city, and Boston Confidential will take you on a guided tour of the hub of the universe, Boston, Massachusetts. Hey everybody, welcome back to Boston Confidential. My name's Barry McGuire, and I'm your host. I'm a 20-year private investigator on the streets of Boston, and I help run a company called Impact Due Diligence Investigations. If you need anything in terms of investigative services, feel free to contact me at Impact. If I can't help you personally, I'll certainly direct you to the right person or agency. We had a great response to our two-part series on the Boston Chinatown Massacre, where six people were shot in the basement of a Chinatown gambling den on Tyler Street. And to be honest, the only reason this case was cracked is there was three assailants and they shot these people. They shot one of the guys in the head, Pak Wing Lee, and the bullet skirted around the outside of his skull. And that's the only reason I think this case was ever broken, because he knew these guys who came in and shot them all. They were all involved in various levels with the Ping On gang in Chinatown. And after the massacre, the title is actually worthy in this one. After the massacre, the assailants fled to New Jersey and then later to Hong Kong and were eventually captured in China. Two of them were arrested for dealing drugs in China, and that's a death penalty case. And I think they're doing a lot better in Massachusetts prison, even if it's for life, because the Chinese would have strung them up. And I also got an email from a listener of Asian descent, and she stated that I did not butcher those names as badly as I originally thought. So that put a smile in my heart and a spring in my step. So that was a good email to get. And if you do want to comment on any episodes or anything at all, really, feel free to give me a shout at barry at bostonconfidential.net. That is definitely the best platform to get a hold of me. Also, guys, I should probably take the time right now to reiterate our policy on email correspondence. Say whatever you like. You just have to be civil in your emails with us. We never give this back. I really don't push back on a lot of emails with his name calling and all this. I really like to get to the heart of whatever problem people have with me or the show. So let's be civil out there, right? If you disagree, articulate it. I'll articulate my viewpoint back and we're all good. Why do we need to agree? Why do we need to agree on every aspect of everything? I just find it kind of curious as to why people want that. And if you disagree, simply articulate it. And for those of you who haven't picked up on it yet, I'm referring to our case we had done a few weeks ago on the Lindsay Clancy case. Lindsay is accused of murdering her three babies. And I kind of find it shocking that people think it's out of the realm of possibility that people want her to be held accountable for three counts of killing her babies. I'm kind of amazed at how my take on this seemingly goes against the grain when you would normally think it is the other way, 
right? But here we are. Welcome to Massachusetts. Guys, I also had an interesting email on the Chinatown massacre case because I think I failed to mention, you know, typically I'll say, you know, is this a death penalty case? I think it's a death penalty case. And this Chinatown massacre in Boston, I mean, is there any other crime that fits the bill for this? A bunch of gangsters killing people? I think it certainly fits the bill to be a capital offense. And I believe that. I believe in capital punishment because this is so extreme. What these men knowingly and willingly did is so extreme, is such an offense, not only to the people who were killed, but society as a whole. And if they don't give their lives in return, it cheapens the murder. Do you understand what I'm saying? The guys who committed this murder are in medium security prison, and they're in there for multiple life sentences. I get that. They're probably not going to be able to hurt anybody again. But my God, you took five people from their families for no valid reason. It wasn't self-defense. It wasn't war. It was just murder. And for these people to be able to eat a decent dinner, to read and finish a novel, it's just a slap in the face to those victims. And I'm sorry, that's where I come down on it. And if you want to talk about it, Barry at bostonconfidential.net. I'd love to do so. All right, guys, we're on to this week's episode. This week, we're covering the case of Ruth Bela Pearson. And this was a homicide all the way back to 1975. So grab your hat. We're heading back into the Wayback Machine. This case was reopened by the Boston Police Unsolved Homicide Unit this February. And when I first saw this case, I was like, great, there's finally something new that police can sink their teeth into on this case. But there really isn't. And quite frankly, I'm a little disappointed here. This is the same information that I've always seen on Miss Pearson's case. Nothing. There's really nothing. And they release nothing new. And maybe there isn't. I've had this discussion on the show before. Maybe there isn't anything. I don't know. And the BPD is trying to do the right thing to gin up some pressure or something in this case to try to bring it to justice. I'm going to tell you the facts as I know them. And this will literally take about three minutes. There is no background provided for Ruth Baylor Pearson. There's just really nothing. And what would it have taken for the Boston police to get one of their camera crews, because they have a media unit, to walk through the Madison Park field where this woman was found? The information released at the reopening of this case is nothing. Absolutely nothing. Why not go to this woman's home in Newton and have your camera crew follow you and say, this is where Ruth lived? There's nothing on her relationship history. Was she married? Was she divorced? I'm vexed by it. It's just so unprofessional, I have to say. And I'm sorry if the BPD is trying to do something worthwhile and I'm criticizing it. But holy cow, this sucks. 
at first I was simply reluctant to do this case because there's literally nothing provided. Again, maybe the police don't have anything, but they know if she was married. They don't have any information as to where she was that evening where she was killed. Let me just tell you what I have to date. And originally I thought maybe this is a test of my skills as a researcher. But man, there is nothing out there on this case besides what the BPD puts in their wanted poster, really. I've heard nothing about loved ones of Miss Pearson, her friends, nothing. The absence is strange to me, but let me tell you what is provided here. So it's 1975. I already stated that. The city you'd see before you, the city of Boston in 1975, is almost diametrically opposed to what we have in the city today. It was a much rougher place. It was much more neighborhood-based, and some of the neighborhoods in the city really took on the aura of their own municipality, you know? So it was definitely a different city. There was many more murders, and it was a rough time in Boston from, I don't know, 75, I don't know, through the 90s. But during the early morning, about 8.40 on August 23rd, 1975, a passerby to the Madison Park High School saw something in the middle of one of the fields in back. Madison Park, I believe, was relatively new at that time. It was a beautiful school and a large one. And out back, there were several fields. And a lot of local teams used those fields, naturally the high school as well, and members of the community. And there was a lot of them. And they were nice. They were well-maintained. So this school is a huge facility, guys. It was one of the first vocational schools to really come into the modern era. I think Boston Tech was, you know, back in the 60s and stuff like that. But Madison Park was kind of branded as the best vocational high school in the city. And I think it fit that bill. And I think now the building also houses the O'Brien School for Science and Mathematics. And if you're trying to picture it where it's located, it's on Tremont Street by the Reggie Lewis Athletic Center, if you're familiar with that. It's in Lower Roxbury, bordering on the South End neighborhood. The new Boston Police headquarters is there, well, not so new anymore but right there on Tremont Street and in that area. So guys, this was a Saturday morning about 8.40. I don't know who found the body. Again, that's omitted from all the reports, but I'm sure he or she was probably immediately discounted from the investigation. Person just walks by and sees a body and calls the BPD. So right from the outset, this was determined to be a homicide because there were gunshot wounds to the victim. So I'm sure the Boston Police Homicide Unit goes through victimology, who the victim was exactly, and it was Ruth Baylor Pearson. But more than that, what's her background? Why was she there? And they believe that the homicide would have taken place the previous night, I believe, because there's no information out there. But at a minimum, the body would have had to have been dumped there 
I'd have to assume during the nighttime hours, you know, 8.30, 8.40 comes the next morning on Saturday morning and somebody sees the body. They weren't trying to hide the body. I think they took this woman there to execute her. They had her at gunpoint and took her out to the field and executed her. That's what I believe. Again, ask the Boston police because they don't say much. I really don't remember this case when it happened. I didn't know about it until I started getting into our podcast here, Boston Confidential. And some people had written in suggesting I do it. Again, I was reluctant because there's very little information here. Two weeks after the body of Miss Pearson was found in the field at Madison Park High School, her vehicle was found. And that was a 1972 red Chevy Camaro. Now, the vehicle was found in the Orchard Park housing development right by the Dearborn School, if anybody remembers that. Actually, I don't know if the Dearborn's there anymore. But her vehicle had been fully stripped and lit on fire. And quite frankly, for the Orchard Park housing development and the general area, that I'm afraid was and is par for the course. It is a high crime high drug area, and it was in 1975 and is still that today, unfortunately. I don't know when this other information I'm going to tell you was developed, but on this poster, the homicide unit says she was known to frequent bars and restaurants in the Cambridge and Boston area. It was also said, and I believe this because I can see with my own eyes, that Ruth Bela Pearson looked much younger than her actual age of 61. I'd say she probably looked between 45 and 50, blonde hair, seemingly blue eyes from what I can see in the photograph, pretty good looking woman, petite, but that's all there is. And in this poster, in whatever the hell it was, are they trying to imply that she went out a lot, consumed alcohol in these bars and restaurants, and maybe was a little flirty? Was that the background? God damn it, say it. She's a grown woman. She can do what she wants. But say it. Say what you think. So nothing from the Boston police. Was the victim married? Question mark. Did she have kids? Never heard of it. An abusive boyfriend? Who knows? Where was she coming from? What was her favorite place to go? Did the waitresses know her? Did the bartenders know her? What was her general demeanor? Where was she? Did you look in Cambridge at these restaurants she goes to? Did you interview the bartenders? Because there's big question marks on all of those, and there's nothing answered in this. So just from what was said, you can kind of get the thought process, maybe this woman liked to party a little bit. Well, say it. Another thing that just jumps out on me, was she sexually assaulted? Was she raped? I know the police have to hold some stuff back. And if that's the strategy in this case, they're holding everything back because nobody can even get a picture of this woman, right? Like a snapshot of her life. You got to give more information. And why do I have to tell you that? What was her occupation? I don't know, right? Because if you're working, you spend eight to 10 hours a day at the office or whatever job site you're at. Jeez, like to know that, guys.
So Ruth lived in Newton, Massachusetts, and Newton is an upscale suburb of Boston, very leafy, beautiful community, low crime, and high prices, even in 1975, very high prices. The woman drove a new red Camaro, not new, it was a few years old, beautiful vehicle. It would garner a lot of attention. But again, what does she do for work? What does she do for pleasure? Does she go to rock and roll clubs? I'm vexed as to why you even put this out again. There has to be other cases with more information. Why now? Again, just more question marks. It's almost silly. The detectives or whomever put this out should be embarrassed, quite frankly. I really don't know what to say. Also, how about this? Were there any suspects? Because that Camaro, a red Camaro that was found in the housing projects at Orchard Park, has anybody been seen driving that after Miss Pearson was killed? Perhaps. Are there any suspects? No mention of that. There's no mention of anybody in her personal life. Did she like men? Did she like women? Was he asexual? Nothing. So the BPD makes somewhat of a production giving this all to the news stations. There's a lot on this case in terms of news channels, but it's all the same information. Nothing. Also, guys, I know the police don't want to disparage a victim's lifestyle or temperament, right, a lot of times. And I believe that to be true even more so in 1975 than now. They may have thought originally they were saving this woman's honor. You know, they didn't want to put too much derogatory information out to the press for no reason. But again, where was she? Who's her best friend? Who was her last relationship? Like I said, were there any suspects in the Orchard Park, Madison Park section of the city? Just nothing. And maybe this has something to do with race where the police at the time just weren't providing much information because the city was going through a troubled racial time with forced busing in the Boston schools during that time frame. And Ruth Pearson was a white woman and she was found in a predominantly African-American area, Madison Park, and her car was found in another African-American stronghold, Orchard Park. Does that have something to do with the lack of information? Because times have changed now, guys. And you see what this forces you to do. It forces you to speculate. You know, so that's all we have in this case. So I'll speculate a little further. Maybe Ruth was out having some drinks at some of her favorite bars and restaurants. Cocaine was just coming onto the scene in 1975. Who knows? You know what I mean? is just so many question marks. It also could be a racial thing, kind of like the Charles Stewart homicide, where he committed the murder and pinned it on a black man from Roxbury. That could be the same thing, you know? But again, nothing, nothing from the police. I don't get it. One of the strangest aspects of this case is there's no brother, there's no sister, no best friend, pressing the issue, right? You would think she was like a homeless person with really no connections, but she lived in Newton. 
She had a flashy car. She went out at nighttime. That, to me, says there's at least a bit of money there. Of course, you could do that as a working person. But again, what's her occupation? Guys, we're ramping up to 50 years. We're at, what, 47, 48 years. This is going to go in the books as an unsolved. Was there any evidence found at the scene in terms of, like, semen or anything? It's just whacked. I don't know if it's the worst investigated case I've ever seen or just the worst publicized. But either way, it sucks. Where was Ruth from originally? Is she a native? Did she come from somewhere else? To be honest with you, I've even looked for a obituary for Miss Pearson and I couldn't find one because that would at least give you some family members or people who cared about her or something. It may list some hobbies and, again, more than the cops are giving you. And I challenge you to read, it's not a wanted poster, it's just a poster, but read that and tell me they're hot on this case, that they're driven to solve it. Do you get that from what they've put out? Because I don't. And again, maybe there's nothing. Maybe we have everything. Maybe she was a total loner, you know, an only child, never married, no siblings. Who knows? You know what I mean? Why can't a BPD detective do a YouTube video and tell us what you know about Ruth Pearson? I'm just throwing it out there. It's wild, right? This could also be a carjacking, guys, right? Before that name really came to fruition. Somebody sees the red Camaro, thinks this woman has money, sticks a gun in her ribs, move over. They try to take whatever they can from her and bring it to Madison Park take care of her or leave her in the field. Seemingly, they were driving that car for two weeks. I don't know, you know. Did the BPD go back and see if the vehicle was responsible for any speeding tickets, traffic tickets, parking tickets? I'm sure they did. Well, maybe not. Maybe not, I'm sure they did. Because why don't they say what they did? And sometimes, guys, I get emails and stuff like that, and even people just in my general social circle say, you know, you kind of disparage Boston as a crime-plagued hellhole. I don't. It's just we do true crime here. And I had been doing some research for this case, and that took five minutes. But in 2020, Boston had 58 homicides. And Baltimore, a city about the same size, I think Baltimore's a little larger, but they had 299 homicides in 2020. Detroit had 328. A city often compared to Boston because of its size, I think, is New Orleans. And in 2020, they had a 61% rise in homicides. So in direct comparison, guys, Boston is, you know, homicide isn't the only crime that creates a hellish life, but it's a pretty good barometer of the health of a city. And in comparison to those other cities I just mentioned, Detroit, New Orleans, and Baltimore, Boston is pretty safe, you have to admit. And in the 1970s, again, through the 90s, it was much more in Boston, but still not as much as those other cities. So I guess I'll take Boston over those other cities. I've never been to Detroit or New Orleans. I've been to Baltimore, and I'm not going to go back, I'll tell you that. 
All right, guys, something else I guess I should tell you about the information that was provided. I'm accusing the Boston police of not providing enough information, and here I go doing the same thing, right? She actually went by her middle name sometimes, Bela, and another name, Francesca. Where does that come from? I don't know. Again, question marks, but that's what the BPD says. So if you have any information on this case, give the Boston police unsolved homicide division a call at 617-343-4470. And I'll put the poster in the show notes. Again, I challenge you to read that and let me know what you think. There's literally nothing there. And how much more would it have taken to get the media crew to do a video at Madison Park, Orchard Park, or even in Newton? All right, guys, I'm starting to repeat myself. There's so little information on this case. But if you know something, give the Boston police a call. I wish I could tell you there was an associated reward with it, but I don't see one listed. You know, so are they pressing to solve this one? Read the press release and let me know what you think. All right, guys, that's all I have for you on this one. I was reluctant to do it at all. But I think Ruth deserves some attention here, and Boston Confidential is doing their best to give it to them. So if you know something, call the BPD. Other than that, I think we're done here. I'm on to the next one, and I'll see you on the flip side. <laughs>